Tulsi's mad at Hillary. Hillary's mad at Tulsi. Hillary can't stand Bernie. And Biden is just crazy, Uncle Joe. Good morning. It's a snark factor. My name's Fingers Malloy. Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful Sunday morning. Sarah Smith is womaning the news desk this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. I, I Listen, I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am that uh, Democrats are finally starting to take the gloves off and the claws are coming out. And it's just, oh, it's, it's so beautiful. I mean, we talked about it last week where you had Elizabeth Warren confronting. Oh, we didn't talk about this. What am I, what am I saying? Oh, we didn't. That's right. So let's, let's rewind because let's it's rewind been a, while. a little bit. We didn't chat last week. No, we did not. We ah. had a repeat on, uh, because I, it had uh, diverticulitis. So, uh, of course, naturally. Yeah. It was a 24 hour diverticulitis. <laughs> so, we had to run a repeat. So, the miracles the, of modern science. Right, right. Pop a couple Advil, gone. It's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so th- there was a Democratic debate a couple of weeks ago. And the only thing that people talked about post debate was. Uh, this interaction after the debate between Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders. Uh, well, to be fair, it was the only interesting thing that <laughs> happened during the entire debate. To be fair. Other than CNN breaking it off once again in Bernie Sanders. Oh, that Sanders. was so bad. We'll get it. Oh, man. We, we can get into that. That's so bad. That was so bad. Well, let's start anyway, with that. So, so, let's start okay. That we can start with that. That's where... Uh, that's started. yeah. That's what leads to this confrontation. So, Elizabeth Warren, very truthful Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. She, she has never she has right uh, during the debate. Well, it came up that she, she made this claim, or people from her circle, right? Her someone, s- someone in the Warren camp made the claim to some news outlet, CNN, that. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren had said that Bernie Sanders said that a woman couldn't be president or a woman couldn't win the presidency or whatever the actual wording was, because it's all just a bunch of hearsay anyway. So that's where it all started. And the news story went out that Bernie Sanders doesn't think a woman can be president. He's a misogynist at heart. Right. So they're having dinner in 2018 and apparently they're smoking a peace pipe. Well, naturally. Everyone's getting along. Everyone does. Yes. Everyone's getting along. And... Somewhere along the line. Uh, well, you know, be, because they're dear friends. Yes. Right. You, you can tell. Let's not, let's not forget. Dear friends. Oh, it's obvious. Oh, they're, they're, their friendship <laughs> just, their, their friendship just exudes from every interaction. Yes. Uh, okay. So they're, so they're dear friends smoking a peace pipe. Dare I say, it looks like there's a little sexual tension going on between <laughs> the two of them. Hey, hey, maybe that's what all this is. <laughs> you know, old people need love too. <laughs> Don't I know it. So anyway. <laughs> Going back to these two uh, kids, wacky kids. So <laughs> this comes up during the debate. This this claim was made by uh, someone in Elizabeth Warren's circle, uh, mm-hmm. drum circle, and so. And the, the CNN moderator asks Bernie Sanders. Asks Bernie uh, Sanders, of course. Bernie said it's not true. Would absolutely never, not true. Would never say such a thing. And then. <laughs> The CNN moderator just turns to <laughs> Elizabeth Warren as if the whole thing was fact and Bernie's lying. And, and I'm paraphrasing. says, well, what was your reaction when Bernie said that to you? <laughs> his face, his face, that moment, he was just kind of like, like, 
respect to Bernie, because if you, for those of us out there who were watching, or if you want to go pull up, he, he genuinely like laughed that off. I don't know how. And it would have been very easy for him to be like, excuse me, serious, like seriously for seriously. I just answered that question. You're going to turn it up. But he just laughed and sort of rolled his eyes and shook his head like, okay. Well, and that's the problem. And that's the problem I have with Bernie. Well, one of the many problems I have with Bernie Sanders. (laughs) One of my long list. For crying out loud, you're supposed to be a revolutionary. Right. You're leading a revolution. You're a wuss. You're, you keep going back to CNN after they continue to bury you and say, thank you, whatever pronoun CNN you are. May I have another? Yes, it's true. But it's exactly who he is. He's a wuss. Yeah, exactly. You remember, I'm just glad he didn't yell. You remember, I'm so tired of hearing him yell. Well, do you remember when he was having a rally? I, I believe it was either Portland or Seattle. Where two women just came up to on stage while he was he was talking to the folks. Bill O'Reilly calls them the folks, and he's up there talking to the folks, and and two women just took the mic from him. He's like, okay, sure. Oh, that's oh, I had forgotten about that. That absolutely did happen. Okay, go ahead. You you speak now. I don't need uh, a microphone. It's like what? poor frail old Bernie Sanders. You're not a revolutionary. No, he is not. He's not. He's a fraud. He's a fraud and a fake and a phony. And just a wuss. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. And instead of going on some huge rant, which he should have done, he should have, said, should have stopped the moderator and said, listen, <laughs> CNN in, in 2016, you guys threw a dagger in my back. That is true. And you were he should have gone all Trump on him is oh, what he should have done. He should have. The, the first You're fake news. Yes. The first town hall that they had with Bernie back in, in 20, what was it? 2018? Or maybe mm-hmm. it was the beginning of 2019. Uh, well, they started having these candidate town halls. I think Bernie was one of the, he may have been the first candidate that CNN invited. He should have, the first five minutes of that town hall, he should have set that stage on fire. <laughs> so, no, CNN, you're listen. I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and it's to take you to task for how you treated me in 2016, and how your network was in the tank for Hillary Clinton, and it was you guys along with the DNC that just rigged the system, and it needs to be spoken now and spoken loud that I'm not going to be treated like this again this time around by CNN and the DNC. Can you imagine the reaction of the crowd if he would have done something like that? He would. um, He wouldn't be behind Biden and Warren in the polls. But he didn't do it because he's a wuss. Yeah. Yeah. He's not leading a revolution. Unless that revolution is uh, to buy another beach house. (laughs) Bernie. So I feel bad for Bernie. I look at Bernie Sanders and I see like my um, elderly, not totally mentally uh, uh, sufficient, not sufficient. What's the word? Uh, Mentally there, a little wild, but, you know, funny, like uncle. That's what I see. I see a great uncle who's just like not totally there. I think he's kind of cute and funny. And like he says totally crazy things. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, you're absolutely crazy. But I just want to, like, bring him soup. 
Well, I, I think back to the old Dennis Miller joke uh, talking about Ronald Reagan, where he said, uh, you know, I well, my grandpa's his age and I wouldn't let give him the remote to my VCR. <laughs> We're supposed to turn the keys of the country over to him. I don't know. Look, I don't care about that. I Listen, I there there are 20-somethings in Congress right now who are spouting off at the mouth that I don't want them anywhere near that office. So Right. Like, the last thing I'm worried about is Bernie Sanders right now. I, I actually know people in real life that genuinely think that Bernie Sanders can win a general election. That's, genuinely. That's crazy. Genuinely. I, it's crazy. Trump it's crazy. would eat him alive. Yep. But So going back to all that, that interaction at the debate, right. uh, CNN in the tank for Liz Warren. Liz Warren walks over and... And to me, Sarah, listen, I am not into political strategery. Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. why not? Uh, I am not a political consultant. Mm-hmm. But whoever was in that campaign, is in that campaign, who thought this was a good idea, this had to have been all Liz. To- oh, yeah, man. The thing ended. She went right over to him. Uh, so she walks over to him and says, I think you just called me a liar on national TV. And not now. He says, no, no, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. So to me, Sarah, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself two things. Uh, This is such a disaster for Elizabeth Warren because for the next few days, we're not talking about her debate performance. People are once again bringing up her truthfulness. Liawatha. Yes. We're talking about if she's a liar or not. And she, which she is. Which she is. I mean, look, look <laughs> back at the, okay, you got the, the Native American 23 in me lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the fired for being pregnant lie. Oh, and I'm, can we, we need to keep bringing that up because it's amazing to me how I still have to hear about Donald Trump lying about the uh, inauguration crowd. Right. Oh, yeah. When, not to mention the fact that there was a concerted effort to block security entrances prevent people from getting there like there was an actual campaign amongst you know the antifa crowd to keep people from getting there stuff actually was like blocked and then they still are going to give him a hard time for like what he says about his attendance numbers right which of course he'll say it was the greatest attended inaugural in history sure in country. not true right Get not that. at all that that used to be called spin by the way um, right so right. but she can lie and lie and lie. She lied about her heritage. She lied about being pregnant and getting fired. Uh, when she, well, she didn't lie about being pregnant. She was pregnant. Right. She was actually pregnant, to be fair. Yes. But, I mean, again, she said, and I'm paraphrasing, I got pregnant, and when I got pregnant, the principal of the school did what principals did and fired me. Uh, talk to me. Where are these documentaries about the 1970s where teachers were getting fired like crazy because they got knocked up. What kind of ridiculousness right. is this that she gets away with? Uh, then she claimed that her dad was a janitor and her brother came out and said, well, no, he's, he was never a janitor. He's like, no, that's that's not true. She's like, no, that didn't happen. Her brother. Right. I, I mean, that's just... It's embarrassing. And, and now this... 
And, right. so, and now this. And so now you've lied. You lied. You lied. You should have a sweatshirt on it that says liar on it. You should be forced to wear that sweatshirt everywhere. It says liar. And like even that. So what, how did the conversation go? Right. Did the conversation go? Um, I don't think a woman could win the race against Trump. Um, I don't think a woman should ever be president. Uh, uh, women's menstrual cycles attract bears. You know, like <laughs> what was it exactly the conversation? There's a lot of different like things that he could have said. He could have very easily been talking about how sexist our country is and that there's no way our sexist, misogynistic country would vote a woman for president. That could have been what he said. Or he said none of it. And or he said that Elizabeth Warren, who is slumping in the polls, is trying to take out someone who she feels has a little bit of momentum and she'll raise her her look the the, the democratic base has pushed all the people of color off the debate stage and and now it's like one two three four i declare a gender war now we have to have a war between the women and men on stage and i'm so sick and tired of listening to people like Elizabeth Warren and like the AOC, members of Congress, senators, portraying themselves as victims. Right. It gets really old. Very old. I am very tired of Elizabeth Warren talking about the struggles of the working man as a multimillionaire. Like, I'm just not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. You don't know. You don't know. And Check your privilege, Liz. Yeah. Check your privilege, Focahontas. <laughs> Although, can we talk for a second about how Donald Trump ruined that joke? Yes. He started calling her Pocahontas. That's not the joke. That's not funny. There's nothing funny about calling her Pocahontas. Calling her Pocahontas is what's funny and what all of us have been doing for years. And he gets up there and calls her Pocahontas and ruins the joke. And now if you say Focahontas, you are a racist. Well, that's Donald Trump. What are you just taking Donald Trump's joke? No, he took mine. Right. And ruined it. Thank you. And to me, that's the most impeachable thing I've seen (laughs) out of that president in the last two years. Why isn't that in the articles of impeachment? That's what offends me. Using Nickelback as part of a joke on Twitter. That's impeachable, Mr. President. High crimes and misdemeanors. But I this this goes to what one of the major problems I have with the Democratic Party, speaking as a white male. <laughs> it's this the, their currency is victimhood. Right. I we have carbon credits, there should be victimhood credits. Right. I th- this notion that Elizabeth Warren is somehow a victim and part of being on the stage at the the Democratic debates for a while was who's more of a victim and i'm i'm sorry i'm I'm tired of hearing elites portray themselves as victims well if they can uh, successfully portray themselves as a victim that's how they get the votes of our victimized society where everybody thinks that if they have a victim in charge then all of a sudden that victim is going to do things to make them feel not like a victim I don't know. I've seen policy. Look at uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw from the great state of Texas. He was blown up. He sure was. Lost an eye. He, he and bar- he doesn't act like he's a victim. No. Barely sure talks doesn't. about it. Somebody else nope. has to bring it up. Yep. Or make fun of him. Yes. 
But Elizabeth, oh, I was fired as a, when I was a teacher because my principal at the school found out I was pregnant. How? Oh! <laughs> if I was that principal, I would, like, absolutely go public and say that absolutely did not happen. But but here's the problem. You could have a press conference, and uh, the only people who would show up are, are Breitbart and The Blaze. Right. And nobody listens to them anyway because they're, they're fake news. But don't call fake news fake news. Right. That's an attack on our democracy. Thank God for talk radio. I mean, really. I mean, what what would everyone do without us? Right? Really? Yeah, I'm just going to patting myself on the back here. I, if you were, if we were in the same room, I'd pat you on the back. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there has to be some pushback coming from somewhere. I'm I know. I'm so disgusted with CNN. I know. I, they truly are the cable narrative network. That's a good one. That's Did you just make that up? Well, I've been calling that for weeks. Where have you been? Oh, I don't know. I guess I, I, guess I just wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long line. Um, no, but they're the, they're the cable narrative network. News mm-hmm. doesn't matter anymore. It's we're trying to weave a story. We're trying to we're trying to make a to build a narrative, and it's orange man bad. And everything, and even worse, everything the politicians say is like giving the talking points to CNN, right? Like, so you sit through 13 hours of impeachment opening statements where people come up and say the exact same thing over and over and over again, and it is the most boring thing you have to watch. And then Chuck Schumer and Adam Schiff come out and give a press conference to the news and say stuff that didn't actually happen, give an inaccurate representative of what just happened in that representation of what happened in that room. And then the cable news networks say this is. This is what happened. And all the normal people out there just trying to go about their lives who shouldn't have to sit and watch 13 hours. They went till three o'clock in the morning yeah. the other night, three o'clock in the morning. And it's just like these people, nobody's sitting down and watching this. No one's watching this. Nobody cares. But they do catch their 20 minutes of uh, local news and local news gets their talking points from the CNN cable news network. And they get their talking points from Adam Schiff and uh, Chucky Schumer. And giving their quick little five minute press press conferences, and it's all a lie, fake news. <laughs> it is all a lie. Look, it's all a lie. Yeah, they were up until three o'clock in the morning the other night. I was expecting Vince uh, to get on stage and uh, or get on the Senate floor and try to sell me sham wows at about one thirty. Exactly. Like I thought I was being pranked. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm like checking for hidden cameras. Like this is a joke. This Somebody's the, playing like a horrible joke. This on is me the right worst now. infomercial I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be even funnier, instead of John Roberts, <laughs> Chief Justice Roberts, <laughs> uh, being the one who's, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, the, 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 the head of the proceedings, he's, you know, he's, the, he's the guy, he's the main guy, he's the head honcho. Right. Uh, can you imagine Ruth Bader Ginsburg? <laughs> oh, that poor woman. <laughs> Up until three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be like nodding out. Oh, God. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that um, she's not Chief Justice, because seriously. Yeah. Because seriously. Whew. I hadn't even thought about that. I can picture it in my head right now. <laughs> but they would probably have, you know, they'd have some sort of like, um, they use like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg hologram, because you know they have one. Um, and like that would be, and then there'd be all these fun conspiracy stories out there, because people would see glitches in the hologram. Right. But they couldn't prove it because it's really just like a glitch on their TV, but you don't actually know. Oh, man. I should write science fiction. You should. A Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, hologram 
fanfic. Fanfic. Ah, we're doing it. This is very exciting. Well, I mean, you see a lot of this on the internets where people want to donate a day of their life to Ruth Bader Ginsburg for some for some reason it's oh, just yeah. her. Yeah, right. Right. Well, because she's the every everybody that comes along is like the last line between Donald Trump and the good people, right? So even back when it was like, tale. right, like even back when it was Michael Avenetti and everybody thought he was like the second coming and going to save us from President Apprentice. Um, but <laughs> now it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like the one fallback, right? Like if Ruth Bader Ginsburg goes, we all go. As goes Ruth Bader Ginsburg, so goes the country. When she dies, we all die. Oh. And that's what they really, I mean, they really feel that way because and I think it's going to be the most entertaining thing that happens when Ruth, I mean, may she rest in peace when it happens. And I've got nothing but, you know, good feelings towards her. But when she goes, the head explosions that are going to happen, because you know who he's going to put up in Ruth's place. No, I do not. Who, who, oh, who, who man, are we it's speculating? Gonna, it, it's going to be Bennett. It's going to be the uh, the pro life woman ninth ninth circuit judge, I think. Um, I can't remember where she is, uh, but that's going to be whole 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 head exploding heads. She was on his short list last time, uh, but he went with um for f- 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 Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, listen, this is where Democrats made a huge mistake. And we've we've talked about this previously on this show. If they would have gotten over Hillary's defeat quickly, it said, "Okay, right. not a big fan of Donald Trump, but we're going to try to work with him." Mm-hmm. They could have gotten so much of their leftist agenda through because oh, yeah. all he cares about is making a deal. And if 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 Chucky Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have agreements with Donald Trump about you know we're going to we're going to get this done then it puts people like Mitch McConnell in an interesting position where okay i i can't agree with this but boy 85 90 90% of the republican base is with Trump so what are you going to do i mean they could have completely torn apart the republican party yep but easily, they, but they, easily, they didn't because Orange Man bad, right? Because they couldn't work with him. If they worked with him, then they might the the, the um the people that they have turned against uh, Republicanism will turn against them, right? Because the second they work with Trump, then all of a sudden they are now white supremacists, Nazi neo Nazi <laughs> sympathizers, and they made their own bed, though. You know, like they made their own bed, and they just have to keep lying in it. Oh, that was really uh, deep. That was sort of inadvertently, right? accidentally deep. You can't work with New Hitler. No, you certainly cannot. And and you can't work with Bernie Sanders. Apparently, everybody, every nobody likes Bernie Sanders. Liz Warren doesn't like Bernie Sanders. Nobody likes Bernie Sanders. So now, what are we going to do when it's Bernie against Trump for the general? What are we going to do? We're going to take a break, is what we're going to do. But when we, we come sure back, are. we are going to talk about how nobody likes Bernie Sanders, and also. Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton. I smell a cat fight. Yeah. That's me rubbing my palms together. Can you hear that? (laughs) 
She's Sarah Smith. Follow her on Twitter at Mama Swatty. Follow me on Twitter at Fingers Malloy. We'll be back with more of the Snark Factor on Wham Talk 1600 AM, 92.7 FM after these words. Hi, this is Michelle Malkin, and you are listening to The Snark Factor with Fingers Malloy. Welcome back. It's The Snark Factor. I'm Fingers Malloy. Check out The Snark Factor and all things me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio. We do lots of stuff over there. I post at least once every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> at least but uh, you can find all that stuff there all that stuff I don't post <laughs> facebook.com slash fingers Malloy radio so I'd hit the sneeze button Sarah oh sneeze button yeah bless you thank you uh, we were talking off the air and um, our good friend Sarah Smith is getting married here in a matter of weeks now um, uh, like 90, 90 some odd days. Wow. My app tells me every day. So he, we were talking about your wedding invitations. Mm-hmm. And uh, you invited Sean Spicer. I sure I sure did. Well, we, we met Sean Spicer's uncle. So what I did was I sent an invite to Sean Spicer and told him he was welcome to bring uncle his uncle also, <laughs> our, since we're such dear friends. <laughs> How did you have we t- have we told the radio this story yet? No, where we met Sean I don't know. Uncle? I don't know what you're talking about. In Nashville, that really at was Top Golf. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so we were we have this little thing we like to do every year. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the not quite ready for blue check mark players. I like to call <laughs> us um, on the right. We we get to every year we we used to meet at conferences and we'd have a good hats. time. That's that's our official name. What's that? Uh, that's our official name. I'm making hats. The not quite ready for blue check mark check mark players. <laughs> oh. oh man. Okay, so once a year we all get together for uh, and watch football. Right. It's we usually well it, it is actually mandatory. We pick a city, um, and we we time it with. NFL kickoff weekend, and this year we did it in, or excuse me, last year. Right. It's 2020 now. In 2019, we had our little convention in Nashville, and we got up early Sunday morning, a group of us, uh, and we played golf at Top Golf. And there was a couple next to us, and um, Sarah's fiance, Tommy, is a very social. <laughs> He is a very social person. And struck he up is. a conversation with the couple next to us. And th- I thought this was all a joke. No, the joke. Okay, so this the joke this the joke part was that they asked Tommy to take their picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um because Tommy was, you know, picking up a com- I'd struck up a conversation with them because if anyone when you play top golf, you're in like these double pods. It's a top golf for those who don't know is like a three-story bar slash driving range thing. So you're sort of in these double pods and the people in the pod next to us, he was chatting with and they were like, can you take our picture? He said, I'd be happy to, but really you should have Michael, our friend who was with us, who is an incredible photographer and videographer. You should have Michael take it for you. He's a photographer at the, for the white house. 
<laughs> which is not true, but that's what Tommy does is he tells like these fun, not true stories, um, which I'm in for a lifetime of. So we're going to, it's, it's, we'll, we'll figure it all out. Uh, so he had told, and they were like, Oh, uh, we know someone who works for the white house. And Tommy said, Oh, no way. Who is it? And he said, well, our, my nephew is Sean Spicer. <laughs> and we said, no way, man. We know Sean Spicer and proceeded to like <laughs> do that. Um, to the point where they started like low key taking pictures of us. And like, I know he was sending Sean a text. Like we just met these people. Da, da, da. And I was honest with them. I was like, I do know Sean. I think the last time I met him was back. It was like 2006, like back when in his RNC days, because I knew somebody that worked with him at the RNC. Oh, and so you went did to meet him. So I have met him before. It's been, <laughs> again, it's been 13 years, 12 years, but like I've, I have met Sean Spicer. Um, was it 2006? No, it was 2000. It was 2010, 2011. So it hasn't been that long, but either way. And I'm also, you guys, you know, my name is Sarah Smith. So he's probably met a couple Sarah Smiths. I don't have any expectations of him remembering who I am. Um, no idea. So, but what I did do was send him a wedding invitation and said that he could invite his uncle because I feel like what happened in Sean Spicer's world is he randomly got these texts from his uncle that people he knows named Sarah Smith and Tommy are, or Sarah and Tommy are at Top Golf in Nashville with them. And then that was probably something that came up over the holidays when they saw each other. And then all of a sudden in his mailbox, he's going to get an invitation to <laughs> Sarah and Tommy's wedding and say, hey, man, if you want to bring your uncle, that would be cool, too. So it's kind of like a long run gag that I know. And I'm hoping sometime in the next few years I'll actually get in the same room with Sean Spicer at some point and can be like, hey, Sean, it's really good to see you. Sorry you couldn't make it to the wedding. But it was great to see your uncle in Nashville. Like, there's going to be an end to this long show, this long play. I think it would be great if he shows up and asks you for a dance. Right. <laughs> oh, it would be so exciting. So we'll see everybody. Fingers crossed. So you Sean invited Spicer. Sean Spicer. And who else did you invite? Uh, I invited Donald Trump and Melania. We invited Mike Pence and Karen Pence. We invited the governor of Maryland. His name is Larry Hogan, who ran as a Republican and is now a obviously acting like a liberal because um, it's Maryland and that's what we do here. Right. Um, who else? Oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders got one. Um, who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Sean Spicer. Uh, I didn't send it. I really wanted to send it to Mattis, but I decided that was like too close to or messing with ooh, uh, national security. I can't send mail to Mattis. Yeah. We well, should have sent one to John Boehner. I hear he cries at weddings. Oh, that would have been a good one. I still have some extras. Maybe I'll try to find his address. <laughs> I still have a few extra. Uh, send one to Prince Harry. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Well, they could come down from Canada. <laughs> it's true. So, well, that's funny. And uh, I look forward to being there and, and meeting your good friend, Sean Spicer. Oh, yes. Oh, it's going to. Oh, man. This joke is going to come together someday. And it's <laughs> so epic. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So. Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> speaking speaking of epic things. Yes. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is suing Hillary Clinton, ladies and gentlemen. The right's favorite Democratic candidate for president <laughs> of the United States because she uh, does excellent fitness videos. 
<laughs> yes. And she's uh, easy on the eyes, and she is poking her finger in the eyes of some Democratic. I mean, she she kneecapped Kamala Harris. She really did. Oh, that was such a great thing that happened. That was such a great debate night. And, which pretty much ended Kamala Harris's presidential campaign, right? That, oh, that. it was all downhill from there. Right. So uh, people on the right love her until they find out more about what she believes in. And then it's uh, it's a divorce. So, uh, but anyway, so you've got the story. She decided to, to sue Hillary Clinton. And this is beautiful. It really is. Uh, This is from our dear friends at uh, NBC News. Um, She's suing Hillary Clinton for $50 million and claiming defamation over the Russian asset remark. Um, So we'll we'll I'll give you the art, the review from the article and then we'll get to the punchline of the whole thing. So Clinton said during a podcast interview last fall that one of the Democratic candidates is, quote, the favorite of the Russians which led to this whole backlash. Everybody kind of knew she was talking about Tulsi Gabbard based on the context and to the point where this, and this all happened last fall. This all sort of rolled out. Um, so now here we are in January of 2020 and Tulsi is no longer a presidential candidate. And she is arguing that not only did her campaign end, but she, it was out 50 million in damages because of the comments that Hillary Clinton had made about her, um, claiming former Democratic presidential nominee carelessly and recklessly impugned her reputation when suggesting that she was a favorite of the Russians. Um, she also alleged to or uh, alleged that she was an asset. She kept referring to the person as a Russian asset. Um, so the whole thing kind of has blown up and now she's suing her. Now, the beautiful part of all this, and this is why we love Tulsi, the Second sentence of the actual lawsuit that has been filed goes as follows. Tulsi Gabbard is running for president of the United States, a position Clinton has long coveted, but has not been able to attain. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes on from there, guys. So actually, you know what? I just I think I need to correct myself. Her campaign isn't over. No, she's still in. She's just not qualifying for any of the debates. I apologize. I apologize, everybody. I would like to publicly correct myself. I have now 99.7% accuracy rate. And I would have corrected you, but I was multi trying to multitask and I right. told me. Oh, that's yeah, fair. Multitask. So she's suing she's suing for damages because she's stuff's not going well for her. She's not, you know. She's being she's being shut out because everyone thinks she's a Russian asset. Did you see her go on the view? She gave Joy Behar all the business. When was this? Uh, was it last week or the week before? Joe Behar had Tulsi Gabbard on and Tulsi lit, like, called her out. She's like, you and other people on this show have called me a you know traitor and a spy. No, no, no. She's like, I am a patriot. Like she, oh, it was so good. This woman it has served so her good. country. Was it, um, was it even this year? Uh Nope, it was in February. It was in uh, November. It was yeah. in the fall while it was all happening. I guess it just came back up this week because of the lawsuit. That's probably why. Well, I listen, The View. I had missed it because I don't watch The View. I, I don't know how this show is still on the air. I, somebody um, needs to explain this to me. 
because uh, you know, in the nine, gosh, it's been since the nineties that show's been on, hasn't it? I mean, right, you have right. Barbara Walters, and now you got Whoopi Goldberg. I actually watched a clip of the View from yesterday. And it's the first time I've watched a clip of the View in in years, and it was uh, Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. for uh, you fellow Star Trek nerds out there. His ser- uh, new series Picard. Actually, I believe debuts today on oh. CBS's streaming service. Huh. Um, so you I got love me some Patrick Stewart. The ladies love Patrick Stewart. Do they? Them. Oh yeah, he's my generation's Sean Connery. Oh okay, they love him. Uh, well, people are upset with him uh, on the right who are diehard Trump people because he said that he's there are. Part of this new series is, well, what if everything doesn't go well with the Federation? And then he tried to tie in with, well, you know, not everything is going well here. He's embarrassed by Brexit and the Brexit Mm -hmm. movement. He's embarrassed by uh, Trump. And so Mm -hmm. there are some Trump loyalists who will not have refused to watch the show. And I I did see uh, the ABC posted a clip on facebook i believe it uh, was a clip of the the view and and this clip of patrick stewart inviting Whoopi goldberg to be on season two of picard because all star trek nerds know that Whoopi goldberg was on right. star trek the next generation with patrick stewart and uh there were several people i will never watch his between his politics now and Whoopi goldberg's politics i just can't watch it <sighs> Well, anyway, I, I watched that two minutes. I'm uh, with you on that. Uh, yeah. Well, I, look, I, I understand. It's entertainment. Like, I, I get it, but I'm not going to play along. Yeah. If all. if all of you just want to watch entertainment produced by right wingers, or if you just want to listen to music that's produced by white, we're all going to be listening to Pat Boone. <laughs> okay. Only Clint Eastwood movies and only Pat Boone. On the right. Radio. And that's it. And Nick Searcy. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. I mean, we love Clint Eastwood and we love Nick Searcy. Sure, Don't get me wrong, of but a hundred percent, I got nothing but love for both of them. But yeah, you're just going to be watching that in a loop every day, right? Right. So I look. I get what you're saying. I have. I I do my best to not let a person's political views influence how I enjoy their art, whether it's film, music. I just got in a conversation with a friend of our Seton Motley last night on the mm-hmm. on the internets and we were talking about that and uh for me the the only one that has really crossed a line and it breaks my heart to where I cannot enjoy his music anymore is uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. I I yeah. I I just you know I am a Gen Xer. I loved Pearl Jam. I loved the you know 10 is a classic album. Yeah, uh, but I can't even listen to ten anymore because of you know. Really, Eddie is Eddie Vedder, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, is such a jerk, and uh, the, the, so over the top that as a leftist that I just can't stomach it. Uh, it's it's uh, so I understand it, but if you do that with everybody, right, you're not going to be watching anything or listening to anything. I'm not sure how I've missed that. I mean, I knew he was a leftist. I didn't, I didn't like think he was so, I mean, but I just, I think I missed that he oh, was. I mean, even... I think the latest was Pearl Jam canceled their Charlotte 
concert because of the whole bathroom thing in North Carolina. Oh yeah, God, that is annoying. That is annoying. I still listen to Ten. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't wild about any of their other albums, to be honest with you. But I still listen to Ten. That's a great album. It is a great album. But so anyway, but his, his voice in general has sort of graded on. Has grown weary for me over the years. Like his sing that, that singing voice that I used to love so much. It sounds like you got yeah. marbles in your mouth. Yeah, just sort of as the years have gone by, I love it less. Yeah, I don't know. And especially when the lead singer of Creed took that over. Yeah, and tried yeah. to take it to the next level. And uh, Sean Whalen was always so much better at. Sunrise. I liked Sentinel Pilots a lot. I saw them a lot. In well, speaking, concert. and we're just, anyway, we're just all sorry. over the map right now. But speaking of Stone Temple Pilots, uh, <laughs> you're right. Scott Whelan, the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots and uh, Velvet Revolver, mm-hmm. uh, who unfortunately died of a, appears to be what a drug overdose several mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, you know, they Stone Temple Pilots moved on, and they have a new lead singer. And right. The new lead singer sounds a lot like Whelan. I was very excited to find out that they've got a new album out, and it's, it's I've heard a couple of tracks on it. It's an all-acoustic album, and I'm f- pleased to say it sounds pretty good so far. Cool. Uh, they announced that they're going on tour this year. And I said to myself, oh, that's great. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I, you know, I went and saw Hootie and the Blowfish last year. I could go see Stone Temple Pilots this year, and once again, for a few hours, I will be 24 years old again. <laughs> And it'll be great. <laughs> right. They're touring with Nickelback. Oh, come on. There's- this is really funny. This is a hilarious because speaking of all of this and the wedding, we were doing wedding songs the other night and Tommy asked if we should play any train and he doesn't even know about your feelings about train. <laughs> and I said, you know what? We might have to sneak one in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Oh, Nickelback. That's hard. That Central Pilots and Nickelback does not. No. Hard pass. Veto. Nuts and gum together at last. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) really. Uh, I've seen Central Pilots a lot. They used to come around uh, around my birthday every year back in my high school years. I saw Stone Temple Pilots with Cheap Trick. Oh, that's fun. It was a great show, and you wouldn't think, oh, oh, Cheap Trick. And this was back in 97, maybe? No, I saw Cheap Trick in Hawaii in 2004, and they were awesome. Right. I mean, the great show. I mean, yeah. they do what they can to suck. They'll play The Flame, which is just <laughs> god-awful. <laughs> but still. Yeah. But then they'll follow it's a, it's up. About, I want it's you to want me. Song. Yeah, exactly. Oh, then we're gonna play the flame. You hear the guitar, and you're, oh god! Everybody gets a chance to get a drink and go to the bathroom. Well, everybody cool gets a chance. To go well, to right, right. Uh, I feel like bands do that on purpose. Sure. Here's something from our new album. Right, they know. They know what it's like. Pearl Jam has come out with a new album. I just saw uh, two days ago a new single from Pearl Jam. And it, oh. there was like electronic music in it. And it's like, oh, God, it's like you're not going to get new fans. Just be happy that there are people in their 40s still willing to all your old fans are still with you. Right. That's true. It's true. The diehards. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, so- there is no, you know, there is no Chris Cornell. There is no Kurt Cobain. There is no like, 
Yeah, really, when you look at it, Pearl Jam is like the one surviving band of that era. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're old. That, that's true. And so is The View. And I don't understand why that show is still on the air. And the funny thing is, too, you, you hear these stories about what goes on backstage at The View. And, you know, people like Megan McCain, who still has me blocked on Twitter. Uh, Megan McCain is fighting behind the scenes with Joy Behar. And it's a, and then it's, I guess some other woman just announced she's going to leave the view. And she's, I, I, I don't even know who these people are because right. I don't watch the view, but she's part of the, con- <laughs> supposedly the conservative wing of the view. And she's uh, leaving oh, yeah. because, uh, backstage, it's just the, the, the environment's just too toxic. Well, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that it is a super toxic environment. And I used to think that The View was for, like, bored housewives. But now that I've grown up and, like, actually met housewives and, like, know them. Because my mother wasn't really a housewife. I mean, she worked during the day. My my mother worked days and my father worked nights, right? So, like, it was just sort of a shared responsibility thing. So I always pictured it. But now that I actually know housewives, they're not boring. And they got stuff. They're doing stuff all day. Like... So I don't know who the audience for The View is. I honestly don't. Really, really old people, maybe? That's, that's what I think. It's or like, people that get off on watching like toxic things like that, and they think that's entertaining. It's like watching Jerry Springer, but like low-key uh, trashy. Yeah, I mean, I thought for years, what was it, 18 to 54 was the the demographic that people are going for in the entertainment right. industry. And it seems to yeah. me that The View's demo is suburban white women who are over 50 that's like that's yeah. that's seems to be the wheelhouse yeah. for the view i mean and even when they try to get all get along when this clip was uh thrown out there on the internet of patrick stewart inviting Whoopi goldberg back on or on picard and she would be get to be part of the Star Trek family again. She got all emotional and she gets up and hugs him. And I'm sure it wasn't all planned out ahead of time. Uh, but oh, anyway, yeah, no, totally, totally organic. So, yes. Right. Uh, I'm sure their agents didn't talk and she, mm-hmm. so, but anyway, uh, you know, Megan McCain is over in the corner and she's applauding and she's making, uh, oh my gosh, you're so emotional and acting like they're, they all get along, and it's right, so like it, uncomfortable. Like it pleases her to see Whoopi Goldberg. So how you know, like she cares. <laughs> oh, it's so fake. It's all so fake. Well, I I, I wonder if you're in uh, Maggie Max situation. <laughs> if you you do what you can to try to get along with Whoopi Goldberg because she's freaking Whoop, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, uh, right. Right, you go along to get along. Yeah, because... and oh, I'm going to continue to try to be on your good side, even though you probably hate my guts. Right. As if she is Ann Coulter. Mm-hmm. I mean, for crying out, it's Megan McCain. This isn't a hardcore right winger, but on that show, my God. Oh, she might as well be like Barry Goldwater. Right. <laughs> She's the ghost of Barry Goldwater, these people. It's so true. And people think that they're getting like a balanced perspective because they have like that one, you know, token right winger who in most circles wouldn't even be considered kind of a right winger. It's something else. Yeah. You know what else is something else? We're out of time. 
Oh, what a shame. Well, anyway, uh, Tulsi suing. It sounded sarcastic, but I really meant it. <laughs> Tulsi suing uh, Hillary Clinton for $50 million. Yeah. And all's right with the world. Uh, but we have to say goodbye. Yeah. I hope Tulsi gets Hillary's Chappaquiddick house. <laughs> I think that would be cool. I think that would be a nice like way to end all this and wrap it up with a bow. Like, let's just settle the lawsuit. You can have Chappaquiddick Listen, house. I, I, I love Tulsi's Watch- fitness videos. And I'm just hoping that uh, she doesn't uh, have an unfortunate accident going after Hillary Clinton. That's all I worry about. That's a really good point. That's scary. And with that, we have to say (laughs) goodbye. She is Sarah. I'm Fingers. We'll be back next week with an all-new Snark Factor on Wham Talk 1600 AM 92.7 FM.